we got, a, we got a doozy of a message today, a very big topic that we're talking through um, today. This, uh, we're building foundation. I just want you to know where we're going with this series. We're, we're starting foundationally. So last week we talked about what is love and uh, the difference between infatuation and love and building on the right perspective of what love is. Today is, I think, the greatest foundational thing that um, is the glue to any relationship. So um, whether you're married or not married, whether um, you have friendships or whatever this may be, this is going to apply to all relationships. Now watch this. If you get this right, you can work through anything. You can work through anything. If you get this wrong, you can't work on anything. And so this is how important today's topic is for where we're going to go, because we're going to talk about communication and conflict and sex and marriage and covenant and so many other things in the series, but we can't even go there yet until we address this one first and foremost. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to 2 Samuel chapter 4. You can turn your Bible on or flip your Bible open, and we'll have it on the screen as well. And we got it in our notes in our app as well. If you want to download these notes, you can as well. And we've been looking at this idea of what does it look like to let the one who, who designed relationships define relationships. And I want to start today with a story. I'm going to share a story to begin with, and then... Two kind of big points. So here's the story. Uh, Saul's son, Jonathan, had a son named Mephibosheth. Come on, look at somebody next to you say Mephibosheth. That's a word you don't get to hear too often. He was five years old. And when the report came from Jezreel that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle. So Mephibosheth is, is uh, the son of, of um, Jonathan and Jonathan's the son of Saul. It says, when the child's nurse heard the news... She hurried up and quickly picked up Mephibosheth and fled. But as she hurried away, she dropped him, and he had become crippled. All right, so this is not, not a good ending story. She drops him, and he becomes crippled. Um, and so today, the title of today's message is Trust Issues. Trust Issues. <laughs> Some of you are like, can I leave? Um, we're going to talk about Trust Issues. I mean, none of us come into this world with trust issues. None of us came into this world with trust issues. We developed them over time. No baby has trust issues at all. None. Zero. Think about this. They have strangers that pick them up. They have people that feed them. They don't go, what's in the bottle? Is it gluten-free? Like, they don't do any of that, okay? There's none of that, all right? I don't, I don't eat that. You know, that, like whatever is given, whoever handles them, whoever feeds them, whoever changes them, they trust. They fully trust. And, and the same is with all of us. We, we came into this world with zero trust issues, fully trusting. But as time progresses and as life goes on and as experiences happen, uh, we get into this place where we stop trusting people as much as we used to. And that's because of experiences. And that really comes down to because we've had opportunities where we've been dropped. And much like Mephibosheth, um, he was a kid, and he paid a high price for somebody else's mistake. He didn't drop himself. Somebody else dropped him. And because somebody else dropped him, creates trust issues in all of us. And how many know we've all broken trust, and we've all had people break our trust? Yes? All right. So I want us just to, as we go through this message, I want you to be thinking through two different perspectives because we've all had trust broken in our lives, 
but we've also been the one who's broken trust in other people's lives. And so we're going to kind of look at both of those situations and, and both of those paradigms because we've been in both seats when it comes to that. And maybe some of you know how that feels. Maybe some of you have had parents who said that they were gonna do something and they didn't do it. Maybe you've had a boss who took advantage of you. Maybe you had a, uh, a friend who you shared something very vulnerable with them and then you found out that they shared that with other people that you did not want them and you were dropped. Maybe you had a spouse that cheated on you and you were dropped. Maybe you had something that happened at your previous church and it put a deep wound in you and you've been dropped. And we've all been dropped in different ways and in different, different facets in our, in our lives. Maybe God didn't come through like you thought he should, and you felt like he dropped you. This is so, um, such an apparent thing. I did a funeral yesterday of a 30-year-old, and I had a, had a girl come up to me, and she says, my faith is so weak right now, I don't know if I even really believe in God. I don't know how to believe in him. My best friend died at a young age, now, my, now this person died at a young age, and I don't know what to do. And you can feel dropped, and all of us have been there. And so we, we did a survey, a master class survey, uh, over the past couple of weeks, different ones of you have been filling out. We almost have 500 people have filled out this survey. And I told you last week that we were going to dive into this survey a little bit this week. And over the coming weeks, we're going to dive more and more into this survey. And so I'm going to pull out some of the questions from the survey and show you how this is applicable to what we're talking about. So the first question that I'm going to show you today is one of the questions on there. I think this was for the people that are married. The question was, have you ever cheated on your spouse? That was the question. Because how many know that's a drop? How many of you have ever cheated on your spouse? Look at it, it says uh, 83% said no, 17% said yes, all right? Uh, the next question was this, have your, has your spouse ever cheated on you? And the numbers begin to change a little bit. 21% said yes, and 79% said no. Here's the one, the next one though, that really bothered me the most. And this was the one that was the most concerning out of all of it. And the question was, have you ever threatened divorce in your marriage? 56% said no, but 44% said yes. That means four out of 10, almost five out of 10, almost, we're almost at half, have used divorce as, as a threatening mechanism in their relationship. And how many know when you use the D word, you lose trust? You immediately start losing trust because you're always fearful of are they really going to act on what's going to happen? And, and so, um, so that's where we're, we're kind of headed today in, in this message. And when, when trust is broken, we start saying things like, well, if I can't trust them, then who can I trust? Sound familiar? Yeah, we've, we've all been there, and, and I want to show you what uh, Pew Research Center asked a question, and they asked it to two groups of people. Now, watch this. They asked it to two totally different um, age groups of people. So the first one was to baby boomers, and they asked, them, asked baby boomers, which is an older generation, would you say that most people can be trusted? 40% said yes, 60% said no for baby boomers, all right? Watch this. For millennials, those will be that are, that are in the 30s and 20 age right now, they asked them the exact same question. 81% said no. Can people be trusted? 81% said nope, people cannot be trusted at all. And so as, as our culture is progressing and our younger culture is coming up, 
Trust is not growing, it's shrinking. And so it's a major issue that's right now in, in our culture, in, in our nation, all over the place. How many know in our society, we no longer trust people? We don't trust police, we don't trust government, we don't trust politicians, we don't, we don't trust teachers, we don't trust coaches, uh, we don't trust doctors anymore, um, we don't trust priests or pastors. Like, nobody trusts, how many know you always go into something skeptical? Uh, just waiting for it. That, that's just the, the air that we now breathe. And so today, I want us to kind of dive into the pain, dive into a little bit of the awkwardness, and talk about maybe why that is, and then talk about how do we not become just extremely skeptical people all the time. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this first thought down. And this is this. If the currency of our economy is the dollar, then the currency of all relationships is trust. If the currency of our economy is the dollar, then the currency of our relationships is trust. We all have what I call a relational trust fund. Everybody in here has one. Relational trust fund, let me show you how this works. So if someone encourages you, they deposit into the trust fund. If someone compliments you, they deposit into the trust fund. Someone says they're going to do something and they actually do it, they deposit into the trust fund. If someone uh, reaches out to you just to tell you that they're concerned about you and they want to help you and they, they love you and they're praying for you, they deposit into the trust fund. Every time someone acts in a trustworthy way, they are depositing little by little into the trust fund. But just as much as you can deposit into the relational trust fund, how many know you can also make withdrawals? And so every time, how many of you have ever had this, where you had someone um, that you sent a text to and you never got a response back? No. <laughs> Deposit or withdrawal? withdrawal? It was a withdrawal. You'd be like, nope, you're out. Okay, like, <laughs> you're gone. You're gone. And, and, and the worst is, is when you see, if you have like an iPhone and you can see they got the read receipt on there and you know they read it. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? You're like, I know you read this. All right, that's, that, that's, the, that's the worst that's there. You, you see that all the time, all right? Um, if someone gossips about you, deposit or withdraw? Withdraw, withdraw of course. Someone, if you catch someone lying and trying to cover up a lie, withdraw, withdraw. If you uh, had a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend um, cheat on you, that's a huge withdrawal. Now watch this. Much like a bank account, a relational trust fund, if you make too many withdrawals, eventually, you're, you're going to probably close the account. Is this not true? If you get to a certain point where there's way too many withdrawals and there are deposits, you'll eventually just shut down the account altogether. And so, uh, with that being said, let me share this. Your relationships are no stronger than the amount of trust that you have in it. Your relationships are no stronger than the amount of trust that you have in them. This is, this is so huge here. Now, let me give some good news, okay? Because I know this is kind of a heavy message. I, I, I thought about doing communication because that's going to be a really fun one. Um, and I was like, it's my birthday. I want to do a fun message. And then I was like, ugh, but I need to do this one first because we can't talk about communication until we talk about trust because I'm not going to communicate to you if I don't trust you. So, uh, so we're going here. We're, everybody bear with me today. Y'all with me? Okay, I just want you to know I love you. I want what's best for you. But this, this, may, this may get a little bit into some things today because I know we've probably all been hurt in some regards. But, but I love this next, uh, this next survey question. And here was the question. How would you rate trust in your marriage 
And look at this. 48% said amazing. Come on, give yourself a hand. That's, all, that's awesome, okay? Um, 30% said good, all right? 14% said fair, and then 9% said poor or bad. So, so one out of 10 said not good at all, but according to amazing and good, seven out of 10 of y'all said we're good. I feel like I, feel like I trust really well. So uh, that was super encouraging to me uh, more than, than anything. And so um, let's, talk about, let's talk about trust because what you need to understand is, is that relationship circumstances often create a gap between expectation and experience. I'm going to unpack this a little bit, but let me, let me help you here. Relationship circumstances often create a gap between expectation and experience and you choose what goes in the gap. You choose what goes in the gap. So let me, let, me, um, let me give you some examples of this. So let's say you, um, you, you, you expect that your husband's going to show up at, at 5.30 from work at home. You have dinner ready at 5.30. Everything's ready to go, okay? And your husband, it's 5.30, not here. Five, 5.45, not here. 6 o'clock, not here. 6.15, you're texting, no response, nothing. 6.15, 6.30, okay, now you're not texting. You, you're calling like crazy, okay? And now, come on, wives in here, like you you boiling a little bit, okay? 6.45, 7 o'clock, he strolls up in there, and as soon as he opens the door, where were you? You never called me. We had the food ready. What is going on? Why are you not answering my calls? I text you. Do you not get my calls? And what you fail to realize is that he walks in and he's all muddy. You're like, what's going on? I had a blown tire on the side of the road. I was fixing my tire and then my phone died. Now, how many of you know, as soon as he would say that, you'd be like, oh my God, okay, yep, sorry. Are you okay? You good? You good? Watch this, because what ends up happening is, is where there's expectation and then there's a gap and there's the experience, you choose what you put in the gap. You just chose to put all the wrong things in the gap because you immediately assumed that he didn't care, that something was up, that something was wrong. So you'll, you'll uh, I, let, me, let me show you how this works because this is, this is huge here. Your choice determines if you have a healthy or unhealthy relationship. Okay, so, so if... There's an expectation, and then there's an experience, and then there's a gap. You get to choose what goes in the gap. Watch this. Based off of what you put in the gap of that determines if you're going to have a healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship. So let me, let me go unhealthy first, and then we're going to end healthy. Okay, we're going to all smile at the end. Okay, we're getting there. But we're going start to with, start with maybe some pain points. So the unhealthy response to a gap is when you choose suspicion. When you choose suspicion. So, <clears throat> like I just said, your husband shows up late. Um, you know, you, you, you come and you sit down in church and, and you look over at your husband and you're like, why are you sitting next to her? Because it's where the usher put us. I don't know, I mean... But right, isn't that kind of where it goes? Why didn't you text me back? Why didn't you text? Why are you showing up late? Where you been? Why'd you, why'd you? And it's all very, very just suspicious questions. 
Why'd you, why'd you close your phone? Why don't you do this? Why do you do that? Where you been? What's going on? And, and so where there's a gap, instead of assuming that I'm just missing some information, we just fill in the information with what we think. And it's called assumptions. You know what happens with assumptions? I'm not even doing it because I'm here in church, okay? I'm not even going to tell you. Somebody looks like something. I'm just letting you know. All right? So watch this. Do you know what happens when you constantly fill your relationship with suspicion? Watch this. The other person shuts down. Constantly. Boom, boom, boom. They always shut down, and they eventually will drift far away because it's rejection. It's just constant rejection, constant rejection. And so watch what Hebrews 12, 15 says this. And I know that there's a reason why we do this, and I'm going to get to this. So we're getting there. But Hebrews 12, verse 15 says it this way. Watch out. Everybody say watch out. Watch out. Watch this. That no poisonous root of bitterness. Watch this. It grows up to do what? To trouble you. Watch this. And not just trouble you. But also corrupting, corrupting many. Also corrupting many. Okay, watch this. Bitterness, okay, there's a poisonous root of bitterness. Let me help kind of define what bitterness is. Bitterness is when your soul, when your soul gets stuck in pain. I'll say that again. Bitterness is when your soul gets stuck in pain. It just gets, it gets stuck right there in that state of pain and, and by the way, that's exactly where the enemy wants you to be. The enemy loves bitter believers. Absolutely loves bitter believers. Because, watch this, because when you let go of trust, we lose hope. And when you lose hope, we become cynical. I'm going to say that again. When you let go of trust... And everything is about suspicion. Where you been? And what's this? And what's that? And, you know, my father did that. And, and, and because your father did it, every time a man does anything that was like your father, you assume every man is like your father. Because of what your mother said about you when you were young, anytime someone says something about it, it reminds you about what your mother did. And, then, and, and so everybody is about that. Because of what happened at your last church, you come into this church and then you... You, you assume that this is going to happen the exact same way that it happened at there. If you go to the, are y'all with me here? Like, it, I'm telling you, man, this is, this is so huge. And when you let go of trust, you lose hope. And when you lose hope, you become cynical. You become cynical. So let's talk about cynics. Cynics keep people at a distance. Cynics keep their heart guarded, walled off. Cynics, watch this, cynics prejudge people. So if you had a boyfriend that wore a certain kind of cologne and dressed a certain way, every time you smell that or see someone look like that, you're like, mm-mm. It's like I touched that stove before. I ain't touching that again. I know that. What kind of music you listen to? Nope, get out of here. No, mm-mm. Nope. Watch this. So, so. Cynics, watch this, cynics take past hurts and past pain and project it on future relationships and future opportunities. This is what they do. They, they take every past pain that they've had. Watch this. So you had a very controlling boss. 
So you're like, I'm out of here. You quit the job and you go to another job and all of a sudden your boss does one little thing that reminds you of what the previous one did and you quit that one immediately. Because you're like, I'm not going there. I've, I've, I've already been there. I've already had that happen. This is maybe you've been taken advantage of. Maybe, maybe you were vulnerable to somebody when you had a relationship with them. And so, and so then you get new relationships and new friendships, but you're never going to be vulnerable with them again because you never want that to happen again, okay? Same thing happens with church experiences. You have a bad church experience, so you go to another church and you say, I'm just never gonna serve again. I'm never gonna get involved again. I'm never gonna get close again. I'm, just, I'm, I'm not gonna do this again. I'm not going to subject myself to this, but watch this, watch this, this is so huge. If, if, you, if you isolate yourself and you create a wall where no one can hurt you, you also create a wall where no one can love you. I'm telling you, this is huge here. And so you're like, I'm never gonna be hurt again. Yes, that's true, you will never be hurt again, but you'll never be loved again either. I mean, no, relationships are messy. You know, we, we did a big, huge, you know, life group push, got all these shirts, we are family, and it sounds all awesome. But how many know families fight? Y'all know that, right? Like, y'all, are y'all having a real family? Come to the belt home, okay? Like, we don't, like, we don't just go around and, like, we're praying all the time. I don't know what people think pastors' homes are like. We're just going around quoting scripture at each other, you know? We, we don't do that. I mean, like, it gets a little heated. I called my wife yesterday, coming home from the funeral. I'm like, hey, how, how was it? She was like, not good. Not good. These boys, you need to come home. I said, yes, ma'am, I'll be there shortly. So it's, it's I'm just telling you, if, but if you guard yourself, I'm telling you, I see this so often. If you guard yourself, you never allow someone to be loved. And um, let me put it this way. If you find yourself being a cynic, watch this. It's not because you're a bad person. It just means you're a hurt person. You're not a bad person. You're just hurt. It just reveals that there's some hurt that's in your heart that God needs to heal. And watch this. And this is for all those that are getting up in age. Younger at heart, up in age. Watch this. Cynicism grows with age and experience. That's, that's, that's where you see 60, 70, and 80-year-olds that are just like, <laughs> you know what that was? That's not a bad person. That's a hurt person. They've been hurt so much in life, their, their heart is so closed to anything else. And, I, and, and that's why as you're younger, you're a little bit more innocent, but you haven't experienced life as much. But as you experience life, how I many you know life wants to tell you, don't trust people? Don't trust people. You may have had parents that tell you, don't trust people. Don't trust anybody. And, and, and so I want you to see how we dig up the root of bitterness. There's one shovel, one shovel you can use to dig up the root of bitterness, and it's in Mark 11. Mark 11 says this, when you are praying, first, y'all don't even want to say that word. I know it. That's all right. I'm going to make you say it. I'll make you say it. When you are praying, first, forgive. 
First, forgive. Who? Anyone. Who? Anyone. Okay, just wanted to make sure y'all knew who. Anyone you are holding a grudge. grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. I know all of us in here so desire the Lord to be forgiving us. And God goes, I'll do that. I've done that. I want to pour that out for you. But don't think for one moment that I can be forgiving your sins and you hold on to everybody else's. Don't you think that. So, so you better know how to forgive. And So I'll put it this way. You can forgive a person. Can we put that up there? You can forgive a person without trusting them. But you can't trust a person without forgiving them first. You can forgive a person without trusting them. But you cannot trust a person without forgiveness. Now, let me address this. Because I know... There are so many people that are probably in here that goes, what if I have chosen to trust and it keeps getting broken every time I trust? I trust, broken, trust, broken, trust, broken. It could have been a friend, it could have been a relationship, it could have been a church, it could have been a spouse, it could have been a ploy, it could have been just, I, I give trust, it breaks. I give trust, it breaks. I'm trying to give trust and I hear you, Pastor Josh, and you're telling me I need to forgive and I really don't want to, but I know I need to and I'll forgive, but, but do I have to trust them? And the answer is no. The answer is no. I can forgive you and not trust you. So let me unpack it this way. We are commanded to forgive. We are not commanded to trust. There's only one person we are commanded to trust. Do you know who that is? Trust. That, that wasn't a trick question, y'all. Okay, that was. One person, y'all were like, my spouse? I don't know, I'm so confused. Listen, it's always Jesus, okay? The answer is always Jesus. If you just don't know, just say Jesus, okay? I mean, you can never get wrong if it even is Jesus, okay? So, so we are, we're commanded to trust God. We're not commanded to, to trust people. Watch this. Forgiveness is instant, but trust is not. Forgiveness is based on grace. Watch this. Trust is built on works. So, so let, me put it, let me put it in another way. Trust is lost in buckets, but it's earned back in drops. The problem is, is that when we've had trust broken from people, people go, well, you, you, I thought you forgave me. I did forgive you. I just don't trust you. And people think that forgiveness and trust have to go hand in hand. They do not. I can forgive you, but never allow you to hurt me again because I don't trust you right now because you have not proven yourself to be trustworthy to me yet. And until you start showing trustworthy actions, then maybe my trust can start building more towards you. But I do forgive you. I forgive you completely. I just don't trust you. I just don't trust you. And, and I, and I want to say that to those that are in here that have been trying. Now, let me speak to those who are married that have had broken trust after broken trust after broken trust. And, 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 and you're like, I don't, I don't know what to do in this situation. Now, forgiveness, remember, you can't, you can't rebuild trust until forgiveness is there. So you've got to deal with the forgiveness issue that's there. But we know, according to Scripture, really, adultery is one of the only real big things and maybe abuse. The only reasons for divorce, if, if, if those two things aren't happening, then, then we've got to keep, keep going at it. But I will give you some 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 practical things that I think that needs to happen. When, when trust has been broken, I think you need to have a difficult conversation with that person. I think you need to tell them that that trust has been broken. Some of you are like, I did tell them. 
Good. I think you also need to explain the gap. I think you need to explain. When you don't come home and you don't tell me you're not coming home because of your past track record, every time I want to put suspicion in and I don't want to do that anymore. But I, I, I always do. And so if you want me to trust you again, I need you to communicate with me. I need you to let me know. You need to share what you see. You need to, watch this, you also need to seek the truth. I mean, no, oftentimes we don't trust because we have missed information. We need to get all of the information. So like when I have, when I have married couples and a wife wants to come meet with me, I tell her, I will not meet with you unless your husband meets with me. Well, why? Because it's only one side. And how many know? Everybody's got one side. Let me get the other one in. <laughs> and they'd be like, let me tell you, Pastor. Let's look in here. What did she tell you? I'm gonna t that was the guy. Okay, that was weird. All right, so I've never, I've never had a guy do that. Okay. <clears throat> so let me, let me put it this way as well. As the one, as the one who's had their trust broken, so if I'm, I'm the one that's had my trust broken, I want everybody to, to listen that has broken trust. It's all of us in here. But if you've had your trust broken, I now have the right to hold you to a biblical standard. Meaning I get to dictate how I view you rebuilding trust with me. So I get to say things like, if you want to rebuild trust with me, then I need all access to all of your phone. I need access to all of this. I need you to text me this. And as the offender, you can't be like, psh, psh. you don't trust me? No, I, I, I thought I said that. I don't trust you. <laughs> and as the offender, you can't get upset about that. You can't. And we do. I thought you forgave me. I did forgive you. How many times we got to go over this? Because trust is lost in buckets, but it's earned back in drips, 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 drips. This is huge here. This is huge here. So you can pray. You can see a biblical counselor. So many things that you can begin to do. And so I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you how to rebuild trust in just a minute, but so that's the unhealthy way of response. The unhealthy response when there's a gap when there's something that's broken, then the unhealthy is we put suspicion in it. We put suspicion in it. Let me show you the healthy one, okay? Let's go to something good here. The healthy response is to choose trust. Unhealthy is to choose suspicion. The healthy is to choose trust. And I want to read a, uh, a passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7. 1 Corinthians 13 says, and everybody help me with this. This is, this is the love chapter. We read a little bit of it last week. We're going to read a lot more of it. So I want you to think about it in the mind of trust. When we think about trust and we think about love, love bears regardless of what comes. Love looking for the best in each one. Love hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times. And love Without, without weakening. Okay, so let me give you three thoughts here. When there is a gap between what you expected and what you see, let me show you how we can choose trust. Number one, you choose trust by focusing on their character and past trustworthiness. 
So you focus on their character and past trustworthiness. Now, I know some people are like, oh, you don't know. They're not trustworthy. And maybe they've had a track record where they haven't been as trustworthy. But let me say this. Watch this. Rewind this. Especially for those who are married. Well, he's not trustworthy. But there had to have been a time in your marriage you wouldn't have married him if he wasn't. So there was a moment. I don't know how big the window was, but there was a moment where that person was the most trustworthy person because you committed your entire forever to them. Okay? So you know, oh, he's not trustworthy. There was at some point. So we do know that. For, for your friend, for, and so like when, when Lindsay and I have an issue where I, I feel like she didn't meet up to my expectation of what, what I thought that she should have done, I have to remind myself of her character. I have to remind myself of her, of her trustworthiness. This is a trustworthy woman. She's not, not calling me because she's doing something that she shouldn't be doing. I, I, I'm assuming that everything's okay based off of her record. Okay? So we, we want to allow trust because you're going to, uh, you want to look back at their, at their trick, uh, character and trustworthiness. Number two, choose trust by looking for an opportunity to believe the best rather than assume the worst. Believe the best rather than assume the worst. Can we just all admit this one is hard? Is not the default mode in our heart to quickly assume the worst of any situation? The, the worst of people's intentions, the worst of everything. If you want to create an incredible um, business culture for those that are business owners, assume the best, not the worst. Always assume the best. If you want to, you want to have the great marriage, you want to have great friendships, assume, assume the best, not, not, not the worst. And, and, and isn't it true that, that we judge other people differently than we judge ourselves? So, like, we're late for dinner, and we're like, oh, she'll realize it. Like, I'm never late. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, you know, I had, a, I had a hard day. But when they're late for dinner, oh, what? So, I love what Stephen Covey said. Stephen Covey said it this way. He said, we judge ourselves by our intentions and everyone else by their behavior. So, we have the intentions. Oh, I had good intentions. And we judge everybody else by their behavior. And so, what, what would it look like if someone shows up late? Okay, someone shows up late. Let, let me give you a for example, like maybe in the business world. Okay, so I lead a staff. So imagine I have a staff meeting. Our meeting's at one o'clock every Monday. We have a staff meeting every Monday at one o'clock. Imagine one of our staff members shows up at 1.30. Okay, and, and, and we go through the meeting and then I pull them aside after. Okay, so assuming the worst would be like, they don't understand my leadership here. They don't understand punctuality here. They are lazy. They are this. They are what is wrong. Okay, so that's assuming the worst. Assuming the best would be pulling them aside and go, hey, listen, I know you're not normally late. I totally trust you. Help me fill in. What, what happened? Y'all see the two differences there? One, you shut this person down immediately. Two, you give an opportunity there to go, I trust you. What went down? What happened? And so one is assuming the worst, and one is assuming the best. This, is, this, is, this happens all the time. I'm telling you, this happens all the time in marriages and in friendships and relationships. Oh, no, they didn't call me back. Maybe they have a life. 
You, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't immediately assume the worst. Like, maybe they're doing something. Maybe you just don't know. Where trust has to be given is where information is lacking. Watch this. You don't have to trust people when you have all the information. That's easy. Where trust has to be given is where there's information that you don't know. How many know that's the same with God? Do you have all of the answers as to why God does what he does in your life? Do you demand it? Tell me, God, what's going on here? Does God go, let me sit down with you and tell you all the things that I have planned out for you. This is what you're going to do. And this, no, what he does is just trust me. Are y'all with me? Just trust me. And so guess what? A part of Christianity is just this. God, I trust you. I don't get you. I don't know why this happens this way. But God, I trust you. Watch this. That same thing we bring into our relationship with God, we have to bring into all of our other relationships. Number three, we choose trust by not allowing our emotions to rule the moment. Oh, yeah. Watch this. When you choose trust, you calm your emotions, you make better decisions, and watch this, and you stop saying stupid things. How many of you would like to go back and take back some of the things that you have texted or said to people because you assumed something, then you found out that it was not that case? And, and watch, watch this. And because you assumed the worst, not only, not only did, it, did it damage the relationship, now that person has a trust issue with you. Right? And so I'm just telling you, this is, so, this is so huge here. This is assuming the best, believing the best, not letting emotions rule the moment, not letting them rule the day of everything that's going on. So how do we rebuild trust? Let me, we'll wrap it up. All right, so this is how we rebuild it. So for, for those that have broken trust, those that were on the survey that I have cheated on my spouse, those that are in here that have used the divorce word as a, as, as, a, as a leverage to try to manipulate the relationship to do what you want it to do, those in here who have, who have hurt other friends or whatever it may be, whatever the relationship would be, here's ways that you can rebuild trust. Let me give you some thoughts here. Number one, repentance. Own it. Like, own it. Okay, so like, if you're late, own it. Like, I'm sorry, I'm late. And then, and then repentance is not only owning what we did, but it's also changing it. Repentance is not just acknowledging that this was wrong. It's, okay, now I'm going to start making some changes. So, so then that leads to transparency, which is to be open. Vulnerability is, is, is money in the relational vault. As I'm vulnerable with people and open up my life, I open up my, my phone, I open up my, my accounts, I open up my heart, I open up all the stuff is open. It creates more and more and more trust. Repentance is, is trust. Transparency is trust. Consistency is trust, meaning staying faithful to the process. Staying faithful to the process. Just keep staying faithful. Keep doing the same right things. Just keep doing the same right things. If you've got to stay on track doing the same right things over a longevity of time. And I'm going to tell you, over that time, you can really begin to rebuild trust. And you're going to hear some stories uh, in this series of people who've actually overcome affairs, 
people who have overcome major heartaches. You're gonna, you're gonna hear a lot of those things in the coming weeks to come. This is possible. How I many know God is in the healing business? God is in the rebuilding business. God can give you great relationships that you long for, but it's gonna have to take some work. Repentance, transparency, consistency, longevity. When you create the gap, own it. If you're gonna run late, communicate it. Do what you say you're gonna do. And when you don't, apologize for it. And hey, don't hide it. How many know if you hide it and then you get found out, it's worse? It's always in our house with, with my boys. I tell them all the time, if you, get, if you get in trouble, if you do something stupid and you lie about it, oh, I would rather you at least tell me and we can deal with it than to lie about it. Do not lie about it because that begins to break down trust. We don't want to do that with trust, okay? So Jeremiah 17.5, watch, watch what Jeremiah 17.5 is, and then we're going to wrap up. It says this, this is what the Lord says, cursed are those who put their trust in who? In mere humans who rely on human strength. And watch, this is what happens. When we put all of our trust in humans, by the way, this is what happens. It, they turn their hearts away from how many know when you put your trust in a man and he's broken it, not only does it hurt your relationship with, with that man, it hurts your relationship with God. When you put your trust in, in people um, and, and that's been broken, watch this. Our relationship with people is inseparable from our relationship with God. When, when, when things happen with people, it affects our relationship with God. If you have been hurt by your parents, specifically those who have had father wounds, and then you come into here and you hear songs that talk about God as your father. You're like, if, that, if God is like my father, I don't want to have anything to do with him. And, and, and so our relationships with people affects our relationship with God. But watch this, though. Our relationship with God can also affect our relationship with people. It, it, it can do the same thing. Truth be told, people are going to let you down. They're going to let you down. Cynicism doesn't just affect your relationship with people. It also affects your relationship with God. And when you close your heart to people, watch this. You close your heart to people, you close your heart to God. As, as long as I keep my heart open with God, I'll keep my heart open with, with people. And, 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 and here's, my, here's my encouragement. You've got to fight to keep your heart soft. You've got to fight to keep your heart soft. It's so easy to get cynical. So easy to get critical. It's so easy to get suspicious. You've got to fight, fight, fight to trust again, to trust again. And here's why. Watch this. Here's why we have to fight to trust again. Now, I'm not saying trust the, the person who's always backstabbed you all the single time. Forgive them. But, but you might have to put some boundaries up. But we have to trust again. And here's why. Because when you choose trust, trust leads to hope. And hope is the antidote to cynicism. When you choose trust, trust leads to hope. And hope is the antidote to cynicism. Let me show you. Watch this. Jeremiah 17, now the next verse in, in, in verse 7 and 8 says this. Blessed are those who what? Okay, so the verse before says, man, don't, cursed are those who trust in just humans. This verse says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Watch this. And when they do that, they've made the Lord their, here's our word, hope, hope and our confidence. Watch this. Cynicism melts under the hope of the gospel. Cynicism melts under the hope of the gospel. I mean, no, your past isn't your future when Jesus is involved. I'm gonna say that again. Your past isn't your future when Jesus is involved. 
Bitterness can't linger whenever you are under and receiving the love of Christ. Hope cannot die in your life as long as we have an empty tomb that our Savior came out of. We have hope, we have love, we have faith, we have all the things that we need to, have, uh, to, to, to walk in healthy relationships. And watch this, when we put our trust in the Lord and go, God, I'm gonna trust again, I'm gonna believe again, I'm gonna hope again, this is what the Bible describes us as like. He says, they are like a tree planted along a riverbank with roots that reach where? Deep. Deep into the water. Such trees, watch this. These trees are not bothered by the heat, the, relation, the relational conflict and the, the issues that come up. Not bothered by that. It's not worried about long months of drought. Not worried about any of that. Guess what happens? Their leaves, they stay. Can we put that up there? Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Come on, how many want that to be said of your life? That your relationships are so life-giving. Your relationships, even when they go through drought seasons, even when they go through hard seasons. How many know, anybody been married longer than three weeks? (laughs) How many know you're gonna have a drought every once in a while? Is this not true? Come on, married people, back me up on this one. Is this not true? There there are gonna be times where it's a little droughtish. Okay? It's going to be time where it's a little dry. It's going to be a little, there's going to be some time. Watch this. There's going to be some times where it's really hard. There's going to be those moments. But, but, but watch this. But I'm not putting my trust in Lindsay. I trust her, but I'm not putting my trust in her. My trust is in the Lord. So even if my wife hurts me, which she has, and I have to her, Listen, as a pastor, I have to guard my heart. There's been more people in this church that's hurt me, and I know I've hurt people. Friends that I've hurt have hurt me. But my trust isn't in people. My trust is in the Lord. God, may I never get to a place where my heart is so hard that that I don't want to get hurt again, but I also don't get the opportunity to be loved again. God, keep my heart soft so I can be loved again. God, keep my heart soft so, so, I, can, so I can trust again. The, the antidote, watch this, the antidote, because hope is the antidote. Watch this, cynicism makes you pull back and judge from a distance. But hope in Christ makes you lean in, lean in, go in, Get planted, as this verse says. Get connected. Develop the roots. Our hope's not based on feelings or emotion. It lives in a person who went through hell for us. You want to overcome trust issues? Forgive. Forgive. Hold on to hope. Trust. Do the hard work. Own things that you need to own. Stay consistent. Get some help. Meet with a pastor, a counselor, life group members. Get some people around you. Cynicism will push you from people. Hope will pull you to people. I said this last week. What the enemy uses to hurt you is people. But what God uses to heal you is people. God will bring the right relationships in your life. You go, well, I've been hurt. Join the club. (laughs) Join the club. I had a dysfunctional family. I've had dysfunctional pastors, not Pastor Bubba, but others. 
I've had, I'm, I'm just telling you, I have been hurt in so many ways, okay? But I just have to choose to God, don't, don't let that, don't let that thwart what you wanna do through me. My God, I don't wanna get hard. I don't wanna get hard towards people. And I, God, I wanna be soft towards people, and I wanna be soft towards you. So would you bow your heads in this place? I wanna pray for us today. I know this isn't an easy message at times. There's a number of you maybe that are in here that, man, as I'm saying these things, there are faces of people that come across your, your mind right now. And, and, and I want us to do the very first thing, and, and this may be the hardest thing, but it's the thing that God commands us to do, and that, that's to forgive. And watch this, forgiveness is not for them, forgiveness is for you. Because as you forgive, you're releasing a prisoner and you're realizing that that prisoner is you, not them. So today, if there are those of you that, that, are, that are in this room and, and you've been holding on to a grudge, you've been holding on to, it might be towards a, towards a parent, it may be towards a sibling, it may be towards an aunt or uncle, it may be towards a family member, it may be a friend, it may be a pastor, it may be a boss, it may be an employee, maybe a neighbor, you know who it is. Their, their face right now is in your head. And I just want you just to say this right now, right there where you are. Say, God, I forgive them. God, I release them. God, I repent for holding on to this grudge, holding on to this bitterness. Today, I uproot this bitterness with the shovel of forgiveness. So God, help me to, to release them to you and help me to begin to trust again. God, if there's relationships right now with these people that maybe there's some boundaries that need to be set up, maybe some hard conversations that need to be had, I pray that you would give them the boldness to step into that. God, we know that that can be a scary, scary place. But God, I thank you that you, you long for us to have deep, meaningful, God-honoring, life-giving relationships. I pray for those that right now are maybe on the brink of divorce or on the brink of separation, that God, that you would begin to heal, and, and not just one-sided, but both-sided. I pray, God, that you would open up eyes. God, I pray that those that are in here that are single, that have been hurt and hurt and hurt again, and there's a part of them that, that, that has allowed that to make them, make them hard. I pray that you would soften that area right now. I pray that you would soften their heart. God, may we begin to, to build trust again. But we stand on Jeremiah 17, 7. It says, blessed is the man who puts their trust in the Lord. God, we just put our trust in you. God, we bring our pain before you. We bring these hurts before you. These are legitimate. But God, we bring these to you. And we ask, God, that you would just do a deep work, a deep healing in our life. Got to pray, Lord, that you would restore things that have been broken, maybe sever things that need to be severed. God, we want, we want your best today. We want your best today. Lord, I pray that over your people in this place, as we, as we move forward into this series, may this be the anchor and the foundation that we build on, Lord, that we're going to be people that trust. We're going to be people that trust. Lord, help us to get our trust back, our hope back, our belief back. Lord, we thank you that you do that in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus praise. Awesome.